Welcome to the Tabletops and Tentacles podcast, a podcast about games, art, RPGs, comics, fiction, film, and everything geeky in between. This is Chris McClanahan, and this week we are talking to Meeple Nation, the board game podcast. A quick note before this episode starts, this was filmed on the floor at SaltCon 2019, so there is some convention noise and chatter in the background, but it's always great talking to the folks from Meeple Nation, one of my favorite board game podcasts. Meeple Nation is a weekly podcast where they discuss game mechanics, new releases, Kickstarters, and all sorts of fun, geeky, tabletop-related stuff. I love these guys. They're one of my favorite podcasts, and it was a pleasure to sit down with them and chat. Uh, My wife, Lindsay, is also on this episode, as well as all the guys from Meeple Nation. If you're a subscriber to the physical magazine, you'll have read some of this in the interview that we did in the magazine, but there's some different stuff in this, and I hope you enjoy listening. All right, Tabletops and Tentacles, this is an interview with Meeple Nation. One of the coolest board game podcasts that I listen to on a rather basic, rather regular, regular. basis. Uh, well, we appreciate got, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got Dave, Ryan, Logan. What's your name? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Logan and Nathan here. Well, actually, you got to do it in our, our normal. Oh yeah. Setup. What is your yes? Yeah. So Are it's we usually able to do that. Can we remember no, that? It is normally so this. You guys actually this, this is the rotation. Yeah, it's, it's just a natural habitat. I have have Ryan on my left and Dave on my left. This a right is, left so that I can stare at Nathan. Yeah. This normal habitat. Logan's not real strong with which is his right and his left. Apparently. No. As long as they're there, I don't need to know which is right or left. It's kind of funny when we sit around the. Yeah. It's kind of funny when we sit around the table and we. When we talk, it's you know I usually like talk at Logan and and Ryan usually we talk across to each other. And so <laughs> it's when it's we're making eye a, contact and it's kind of funny. A certain shorthand with each other and <laughs> googly eyes. Yeah. yeah. So so go ahead and introduce yourselves. Tell them who you are. Sorry, we are Maple Nation. Yes. So we're a board gaming podcast. We've been on the air for almost six years now. We just released episode um, at the time of Salcon. We just released episode three hundred nine. And we have uh, 3010. 3010. How about 310? That will be coming out on um, the what is it? The second week of March. Nice. So we do reviews. We do. We talk about mechanics and group of games involved in that mechanic, and then we cover something new yeah. coming out that has that mechanic in it. And we. <laughs> And sometimes, sometimes it's just new to us because it comes off the shelf of opportunity, as Sam says. It, <laughs> shelf know, of shame. Shelf, shelf of, shame, of shame, some people call it. It's like glass half full, half empty, whatever yeah. way you want to look at it. But it's, sometimes it's just the mechanic, and so it's not necessarily new game, just new to us. And it yeah. could be a great game that we just haven't had an opportunity to play yet either. And then every five episodes, we talk about the news. So Nice. Kickstarters and yes. new games we're excited about. I, I do like that you guys, first of all, Props to you guys for so consistently releasing episodes for so long. It just blows me away. Like, in six years, we've missed one week. That's crazy. Like, that type of regular release on something that requires you guys to not just get together, but plan ahead, possibly play a game multiple times before you talk about it, 
it's just it's kind of mind-boggling to me that you guys are as consistent for as long as you have been. Consistent is, is what we like to call it. Our, our wives generally like to call it nerdy. Nerdy is <laughs> also <laughs> accurate. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it works out. We have uh, we have a regular group that we meet every Thursday. Yeah, and uh, not all of us always get to attend it. Dave has responsibilities that excludes him on Thursdays and. You know, and days we have to shift that. Or we like to record on Tuesdays. That's our normal recording day. But there's okay. we have to shift that here and there. Things come up. Life happens. Nice. There's a drawback. We always have to be playing something new rather than playing the game that we really want to get back to the table. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the guys complain about my 10 for 10, which is definitely a driving force. So explain what the 10 for 10 is. So the 10 for 10 is, uh, it's, it's a tradition. I'm not sure how far it goes back, but a lot of um, people who are uh, gamers and report their games, re- they record their games and report those games on BGG to track those games. They plan for a year, starting beginning of January 1, and if they're going to do it hardcore, they will plan 10 games, and then throughout the year, they will play those 10 games 10 times. And a lot of people will use an alternate in there, so there essentially will be 11 games. And so out of those 11 games, hopefully 10 of them, they will play 10 times. It's kind of to get a breadth of one game, like not just play one and it's on the shelf. You want to like experience the game, and to really do that, they want to play it 10 times. But it's kind of taken off on its own. And you can get uh, some of the plate people have uh, some of the the woodcrafter mm-hmm. people will make special boards that have little meeples that you can track <laughs> the games and a little whiteboard part where you can write the game on, you know. So it's kind of taken off, and, and nice. Nate likes to invent new new ones for like fifteen for tens and yeah, five I, for ones. And I wanted to correct him saying hardcore people like to do ten for ten. <laughs> That's does, called the hardcore challenge, yeah. Yeah, Nathan does things that are like I don't know. 20 for 15 or some <laughs> odd number out there that's just a whole lot that we have to play. Working on some new algorithms that'll... Yeah. But it like, does, like, blow me away how many games you guys play in a year. It's nuts. Like, we've really <laughs> enjoyed Clank Legacy, mm-hmm. but it's like we can't get... We can't play it because we got to play the other, you know, five games that are on the docket. And some of them are great. It's a Wonderful World was great. Bunny Kingdom was great. But it's like, man, we got to get Clink Legacy back on that table because it's <laughs> yeah. so good. Have we played two games of it so far. Yeah, but yeah, three, you, you know, three games. Yeah, you talk about playing games, mm-hmm. and uh, so I took on the challenge last year. So, 2019, I played 733 games in the wow. entire year. And so some of those games are small games. Some of those games are right. they're longer games, and a lot of those games ended up being solo plays. Right. Because uh, I mean, you have to. I had that drive to get that count in. Right. And so, so far in 2020, I've kind of dropped that by the wayside because that really took a lot of time. That would be a lot of effort, yeah. Like, it's it's interesting when somebody... We talk about this all the time with artists, where you take something that is a hobby and you semi-commercialize it with a podcast or with product that you're selling. It suddenly becomes a business and you have, in some ways, a responsibility to play the new games or a certain number of games as opposed to saying, oh, let's dive in and play that epic game for three months in a row kind of thing. And it it, it is a challenge sometimes. Yeah, tracking, yeah. tracking is just not something I'm interested in doing. <laughs> play with new people and now you're like what's your name and you're looking for them in the system and making sure they're in there yeah takes... nathan tracks it on his phone app right Isn't that right. right yeah i use we bg stats yeah yeah which yeah, so... we just ran into that the last game we played is that one of the other people we were playing with our friend jeremy he was looking at the other girl tara tara what's your last name and she's just like 
why do you need to know? <laughs> so we had to go over there and show her the app and like explain how innocent it is. <laughs> no, that's true. It wouldn't sound <laughs> um, No, one of the things that I think that makes it a little bit easier maybe for us to get to, to, to play all these games is um, it's one of the things I think that also helps us to, with the consistency and, and the success of, of the cast is we've been we've been most of us have been in a, a group that has gotten together for years and we're we're best of friends yeah um and so well i don't know about logan <laughs> he's he's family we include no i'm actually the he's the kid together. brother that's, that's the thing is that i've been playing off and on with them since i've been 15 years old so i have fond memories of dave and his wife because they're the first people that let me drive a car when I had my driver's permit without anybody in the car. Statutes of limitation have expired on that. <laughs> <laughs> Just all legality is, like, avoided from that. But, like, I have memories of that. Like, Dave's wife doesn't remember that, but that was, like, 18 years ago now, so yeah. I don't blame her. But, yeah. like, I have that memory, and so Dave comes back to play with us after he moved away for a while, and I already have that memory to go back to play with us, yeah. so it's easier to go back with that. Yeah, but it, it does. I mean, just, I think we... Outside of you know family and 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 uh, and those responsibilities and those people that we enjoy being with, I can say that these these are the people that I I mean if I've got some time to kill or or, or whatever I want to I totally prefer to spend it with these guys. So. Yeah. So do you guys think that that's something that board games has created with you guys? Like, is that a way 100%. to? Yeah, I absolutely. The board games is as a social. I mean, I enjoyed for a long time playing video games. Mm-hmm. And I uh, played a lot. Ryan and I played a lot of uh, World of Warcraft. Spent way too many <laughs> nights. More hours than you want to know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was really sad when I looked at the actual time played on a character. And I had committed playing over a year of my of life. actual time. Playing yeah. World of Warcraft. Which I thought was... I mean, it, and there is still, there's still some of that bonding that you go there and you get that camaraderie. Yeah. But the difference of playing a game face-to-face... Social interaction with people, interacting with people is just, it elevates not just uh, your experience, but it elevates your interaction with people, which is huge. I mean, we're getting into a day and age where everybody wants to just stare at their phones and right. I'm going to text you instead of talk to you. Yeah. And board games kind of tears down those barriers a little bit or, you know, allows some of that social interaction to come in. You can and get people to put down their phones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do think if it's that a long it's, game, you're going to lose me. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's interesting that board games as a medium has taken the place of a lot of other types of communication that doesn't exist anymore. You don't get around and just sit around in a room and talk about things. There's always a TV on or people are on their phones. And board games, particularly with all the new ones that are coming out, they're interactive. They're finding ways of mitigating downtime so that everybody is involved more regularly and you're talking and planning and like we love co-op games because we get to plan our strategy together and work together towards a common goal and I think it's I think that that's really been eye-opening to us coming to SaltConf for the first time however many years ago that was we were like what is like we 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 did we were doing comic cons. We did it on a whim. We're like, oh, what's this salt con? Let's go there and try it. And now we're we love board games. It's just amazing. Well, and we couldn't play board games together because I'm one of those She's horrible very competitive. people at Monopoly. <laughs> I'm winning. It should just be okay. Let's just say I won and quit the game. 
I won't let you until you lost. And so when he came home with cooperative games, it was just kind of, you mean I get to work with you against someone else? Just, it kind of felt nice. better than just smashing his face into the mud. Yeah. 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 And my wife is very much the same, very competitive. And it's, it's kind of funny. Many a fight has spurned off of... Uh, um, Mario Kart off the <laughs> I'm always like because his wife is more of a mild mannered person when we're at family get togethers and everything like that he pulls out the board game and you see a side of her that you're like wow yeah. that is not something I want to cross she would she would yeah. love us talking about her your podcast. <laughs> I'm sure she would she's a very wonderful woman <laughs> the rest of that don't laugh that's delete. true no. <laughs> So what made you guys decide to start a podcast in the first place? Because back then, they were not as prevalent as they are now. It wasn't as easy to just dive in. So um, Brent, who is not on the podcast anymore, he's, he's focusing on puzzles and different things. And his, and he's his a family. swell guy as well. And, and we still really like him, even though he's not with us anymore. <laughs> but uh, we were playing games, and we really wanted to create something. And we thought maybe it was making board games. And we found out how hard that was. Right? <laughs> but we were we were we wanted to do something with the the knowledge that we had and the experience that we had. And we got into gaming right as Catan was coming out. That was when I, I came back from Germany with a copy of a German That's Catan, awesome. and, and it, I think that came out in '94. And I came back with it in '98, so it was still really new, and yeah. no one had played it here. And I was introducing to to our group, and we kind of took off, and we really got into board games. And we thought, you know, what can we do to make something creative and do something um, not necessarily to give back, but to, to use um, our expertise to help, you know, other people. And we were talking, and I think me and Nate were at Comic-Con in Salt Lake City, and we were standing waiting for it to go in line, and I said, we really should do something. What about a podcast? And he'd been talking with Brent, and Brent was wanting to do a podcast. And, and it was really the three of us... One, we, we all had very different personalities, and we thought mm-hmm. maybe it wouldn't work. <laughs> right? me, me and Brent were, for many years, were frenemies. We, nice. You know, we, were, we were friends, but we were also, you know... With an emphasis on there the was, enemies. Yeah. There, <laughs> was, there was some tension there, and, and uh, we just decided to go for it. Brent had the technical side of it, and I was kind of pulling the, the forward momentum and having it done. I wanted to do it, and I was, people were committing, and I was like, let's do it, let's do it, let's pick a time. Let's get the microphone, and, and Nathan was kind of like the glue that kind of kept us. Well, at first I was probably the most reluctant to do it. <laughs> right. Well, he was worried because he knew, you know, our personalities and that it could all fall apart like right. on a whim. But so Nate said we wouldn't get past seven episodes. <laughs> and you've definitely you've got past. You've done it. <laughs> so it was just that, you know, we, we really wanted to, to do something creative with it and, and – uh, you know, we still might have aspirations of designing a board game, but we know we know how much work that is. It's so tough to it get is. something out and and get it made and get it in front of people and then try to sell it and yeah. And doing a podcast is something that really has worked for us really well. We've we've committed that time and it's just been something that's really you know we've bonded over and uh, keeps us also you know gives us that one more night to play board games <laughs> it's a it's easier to say you know to to our spouses to 
responsibilities. This yeah, is like, well, yes, exactly. <laughs> right, we're like we, we have a show that we're putting on. You know, that also involves us playing a board game. You know, that, yeah. that helps us too. So, it's just been really good. And it, like I said, it's been almost six years and yeah. uh, still going strong. So, yeah. I think the first time I realized I wanted to be a podcast member was the second time I went through the third grade. I, I saw my reflection in a spoon, and I thought, wow, you're really, really ridiculously good at playing games. And, oh, so, never mind. Dave watches a little too much Zoolander. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so Logan and Dave are both newer additions to the podcast. Did you find that, like, you were friends beforehand, obviously, or family, and so you were by their default, but... Right, right. Uh, did you find, like, the dynamic changed with you guys coming on? Was it easier? Was it harder? Well, I think um, I'll let them speak for themselves. But when when Brent left, mm-hmm. I mean, we decided as, as we'd podcasted earlier that really kind of having three voices was uh, it was something that we at least I felt, and I think Brian kind of felt the same. Is we needed somebody else. I think it's nice. Like we've done a lot of podcasts too, and it's nice having three people because then if one of you's having an off day or don't feel like talking as much, there's always that that bounce that you can use. Well, there's also just that familiarity with ideas yeah. and whatnot. And I, I think it was Star Wars Outer Rim. I have not been able to play that game yet. But when we did the cast about it, it was one of the first times that when I was casting with them that we hadn't all played the game first. Ah, uh, yeah. But then it was actually an opportunity to kind of look and like, do we need to? Like, if it comes up, we don't have to stop the cast, postpone this one. We could just talk about it then i can actually have real questions and so then i was asking them real questions like how does this actually compare to firefly there's some real benefits to yeah having the 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 uninformed that can ask questions and it was just the (laughs) the willingness to oh let's try this see how it works was because there was the different personalities it wasn't just we've been doing this for so long this is just how it is and i think that helped it we got our Firefly reference in your podcast. Yeah, good job. Now we just got one more game to talk about and sneak in there. Yeah, we're not going to talk about terraforming Mars. Oh, we'll no, there, no. there it goes. <laughs> no, we don't have to. For me, and I can't, I can't really say how, you know, if I, coming on the podcast, if I change the dynamic or whatever um, for these guys, uh, certainly changed for me, right? Because I wasn't right. involved before, but... Um, I had been away, uh, my family and I, we moved to Washington State for eight years, uh, almost eight years. And um, and it was just as I was moving back, I mean, I had been here about like a month, and, and Ryan asked me, hey, uh, do you want to come and, you know, be a guest host on our on our show? And I was like, heck yes, I do. Are you kidding me? Like, that'd be so awesome. Um, and uh, and I came and I did it. I had a lot of fun. And... and um, and uh, and you know, inside I'm like, gosh, give me more, give me more, right? And and so I was really excited when Ryan's like, hey, you know what? We'd we'd like you to come back and 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 uh, so yeah. So for me, it's just been great. It's been uh, a lot of fun to hang out with, like I said, with people that I love and and uh, talk about the stuff I love doing. And it's a good time. Nice. We liked the energy, right? We more a new person coming in has a lot more energy to to, yeah. to throw around. So. When Logan first came on, we had him doing a lot of stuff because he had the energy, and me and Nate were... Uh, You're like, we this were, is episode 250. It was, it was a little low energy, right? And then when Dave came in, he added some energy to it, and it actually helped us... Revitalized you know, us quite a bit, A little yeah. bit, and so now we can throw... You know, we don't have to bring it every time. 
<laughs> well, and the great thing too about having the extra voices and having bringing on Logan and Dave is there is a difference in background. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Logan has his opinion of a game, and Ryan has his opinion of a game. I have an opinion of a game, and then Dave comes in and he has an opinion of a game too. It's usually he, wrong, but it's, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I think I agree with you more well, than I agree with these guys. Logan's wrong, <laughs> but his, the games that he plays outside of our group are different. And right. so he has uh, he has that other side pool because his family's very much into gaming. So he has a uh, family game night, which also allows him to participate and bring in new games. And so just having that diversity in our opinions, diversity in our thoughts and ideas. Uh, you know, sometimes it you know there were banging heads, but for the most part, being open to that extra um, thought process is is super beneficial because not everybody's Nathan, not yeah. everybody's Ryan. And Ryan only likes like three games, anyways. So <laughs> we gotta true. we gotta have a game that we like. And Nathan likes too many games because right. he likes every game a lot, and uh, had to throw a lot in the podcast. So, <laughs> but you know, just the, having that diversity because everybody's that's a lot of it's a lot of fun. A lot, the, a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot. That's the. I was editing the podcast and I realized we said it was a lot of fun. Probably 14 times, and I was like, what did we do? So then I edited, I edited out probably 10 of them. But then every podcast, I would start saying, okay, one, two, three. I would hold up my fingers, you know, and yeah. hopefully, we, hopefully we're not saying it very much We need now, to maybe but. come up, like, get on thesaurus.com and, and come up with a bunch of... Uh, there you go, alternative It was options. quite enjoyable. Yes, yeah. yes. So you guys keep a pretty tight podcast. You're usually under an hour, often right around the half hour, 40-minute mark. Is that a result of editing? Is it planning ahead? How do you guys keep pretty consistent <laughs> from a time frame? standpoint yes <laughs> our, our goal is is to be right around that 30 minute mark um and so uh, when we record I, I like to get us um i do most of the editing these days uh, i like to get us around 45 minutes of recording time and i edit out and sometimes i'll take a 50 minute podcast and it's 23 minutes long <laughs> Because there's stuff that happens. There's sidebars that come up. There's discussion, and then uh, there's a lot of a lot of editing that happens. So there's screwing a lot of, up people's names. I yeah, I'm terrible. <laughs> oh, me so bad. The episode that Chris was on, for some reason, I had the most terrible time saying McClanahan, and I was like, I had to say it like you 16 just, times. You just need to close your eyes and go into your Irish. <laughs> that was that was early on too. What was that? Four years ago? Five? Yeah, it was. It yeah, was, it was four years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just being able to, you know, you cut down that, and it, a lot of that is a result of editing. And um, but there's a lot of it that goes into planning, and we try to, uh, as uh, we came up right before Brent came up, we came up with that pattern mm-hmm. of what we're going to try to consist of. Yeah, like you know? every five weeks, you do the Kickstarter. Yeah, we're going to receive. Yeah, you know, we're going to do news. Then we're going to pick a game topic. And then we're going to we're going to talk about that games in general, very broad. And then the next episode, we're going to each pick a game, hopefully in a little bit different light. And then the third one, we'll commit to one game. And then that fourth, uh, that fifth episode, we can commit to a second game, or it's just an open subject, an open topic. Yeah, cool. And so that pattern has actually really worked. And uh, as as we go through and we plan, and and as I plan out uh, podcast. I mean, like I have, I have a podcast outlined till June, I think. Now it's, um, 
It's been helpful. Yeah, it works I do out. think that's interesting because a lot of other podcasts I listen to, they have the same structure every single week. It's news, a review, and mailbag kind of thing. And like they try that's to the cover basic. It every week, even if there yeah. isn't something interesting. Yeah, and so I think it's interesting that you guys have a slightly different structure, and it, in a lot of ways, it makes it a more of an evergreen subject matter. You can listen to something six months ago because it's not. You know, even the Kickstarter news ones are kind of... I mean, they're still a year out from that game showing up anyway. Right. But, like, the structure that you guys use, because it's not the exact same every single episode, it does kind of give a flow where you listen to two or three episodes in a go because they're kind of connected. I think that's interesting. And not as repetitive yeah. as the same subjects every week. Yeah. And honestly, it just makes it easier to plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is, it's a huge relief trying to, because before that, we would be like, oh, right, what are we going to discuss? What are we going to discuss? And for me, that was just, it would drive me nuts yeah. to not know what to plan. That makes sense. And, well, and sometimes it just forces us to choose up or throw up the news episode into a different type of thing because as our schedule goes by every five weeks, sometimes we come to Kickstarter and we're like, oh, there's nothing we really want to talk about. There's a couple things here and there. Let's find other stuff to focus on this episode where some weeks it's like, wow, there's like 20 amazing games. How are we going to fit this in? Yeah. And so we don't really know when we get to it, so we just kind of... Oh, now let's start paying attention to Kickstarter. Oh, let's look at some other news. See, see what else is out there. And if you were doing that every week, it would get really frustrating yeah, really would, fast. <laughs> yeah. It, it would, would just be like, oh, hey, guys, this is the dollar amount on the game I like. Yeah. It's back to this much. Hey, cool. See, <laughs> ne- see you back next week. Nice. So moving towards Kickstarter and games and that kind of thing, you guys have like kind of a perspective on the board game industry that a lot of just casual players don't have because you investigate Kickstarters, different types of technique, new games coming out, you play a ton of new stuff. Where do you guys see the board game industry going? Have you, have you seen a trend? Is there something changing more recently? We, we actually, this is something we talked about, God, I don't know, a couple months ago on the cast. Um, and... There, there, there are. There are a lot of changes right now. There's so many new games coming out. In 2018, we looked at a statistic. Do you remember how many games it was? That new games that were out in 2019. 2019 was, 000, it? No, it wasn't. No, that, I thought it was, it was around like 23,000. 23,000 new game titles that were released in 2019 alone. That's insane. Like, it, yeah, I mean, just <laughs> insane numbers, right? And, and um, which is great for some things, and maybe not so great for other things. So it's I don't know I think we're in a weird a weird time right now. But even I walk into a game a board game store or card game store right they have board games mm-hmm. and I won't recognize half the names and I like I think that I was on top of this you know <laughs> I was on top of the industry and I walk into those stores and and most of those you know half the titles I won't even heard of yeah so it's it's amazing how we we get the kind of one view um, and there's another whole side of it that we just don't even see even though we're trying to cover it. <laughs> well, I think part of it is just how the industry itself, there's so much games coming out, so there's the cult of the news, we like to say sometimes. That's and, David's fan base, yeah. But <laughs> that's where legacies have come from, right? Is because legacies have come out because the games are, the designers are like, I want somebody to actually commit and play my game more than one time. And so they come out with this like story where you go through and it changes and alters and you keep going forward. And then you're more inclined to play that game again because Aeon's End. 
we played it ten times because of Nathan's goal. We didn't play it ten times. We only got to eight times. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, no. But we still have that draw to go back to it, even though you don't have your goal, because we still have those few games left in the campaign to finish. So do you guys find those epic type of storytelling games to be good in that respect? Or is it more frustrating <laughs> that they're sitting on the shelf with 80 hours of unplayed story in them? It's hard well, when we don't get to them. It's like they're, like I was saying, Clank Legacy is one that really drew us all in, I think. And I don't know when we're going to be able to finish that, especially with the four of us playing all right. at the same time, like getting those to the the table with the same group like we've still been trying to, to finish Gloomhaven yeah and having 26 plays into that say, I don't know right. if there is a finish wow. well, <laughs> there is. is but like we probably will never get there because at game night you have to have a certain people show up and if it's not that same dynamic, then you're playing something else. So do you think there would be a benefit to game creators if they could make some sort of legacy game that you could also swap players in and out easily, something like that? I, I think, I mean, generally you can. Most of these you can. The, I think the problem with that, the downside to that is if these guys play Clank Legacy without me, well, You feel left my, out, you, you miss know. the story. <laughs> we're yeah. on, we're like, on who, the, the naughty list once we do that. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. So, um, I guess to answer both of those questions, I, uh, I, I, I bought Charterstone uh, to play with my uh, group up in Washington mm-hmm. before I left. And, and then I found out that we were going to be coming back home. And, um, and so I was like, oh, crud, we have, you know, eight games left. And so I was trying my best to get every play in, and we still have two plays left. And, uh. and it's back to that, right? Like, I don't know when it's going to happen. I know... Uh, Two of the three people up there are going to be down here over the 4th of July, and I'm thinking about telling the, the 5th, hey, because uh, it's killing me off. that it's sitting there unfinished. <laughs> right. right. Like, that's killing me. Some of, of, oh, go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say, one of the other trends is the Rowan rights, which mm-hmm. has been kind of cool. Like, to have that, like uh, Yahtzee's been around forever, right? right? It's this thing that's been sitting there in front of everybody. And then, like, it became a thing, and then everyone kind of jumped on it, and the people that have have really created some great games. Yeah, there's been some interesting things done. Gonster and Clever was fun, and then all these other games that you know from the board game have made a roll and write version. Right. It was interesting because it was dice before, right? They had all these versions of a board game, and then there was the dice version. Yeah. And now there's the roll and write version. (laughs) Um, I think one thing we haven't seen yet is a good integration of an app to a game. Mm -hmm. We've seen them, right? There have been a lot of them. Yeah. But I haven't met one that I've liked. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) And and I blame Logan because... (laughs) This is how he played Lord of the Rings. He would look at his phone for a minute, and then he would take a figure off the board. And I'd be like, okay, Logan, what just happened? And he'd be like, yeah, well, we killed him. Okay, what happened? <laughs> and then that uh, just apps can do wonders for board games, but I haven't really met the interface. You know, we've, we've seen those really expensive tables that show you the board and right. interact, right? But no one's having that at their game night group, yeah. right? And this, maybe you're lucky, but... Um, but to counter that, I think Chronicles of Crime has done an amazing job of having your phone be a crucial part of it, but it also counteracts what just happened in Lord of the Rings, right? Is because it here is the phone, this is what it said, okay, and then it, you put the phone up to your face to like investigate the room, and you're looking around because it's virtual reality, and then you hand it to somebody else for them to investigate, and they're drawing everybody else in when you're playing, See trying him? to... 
investigate that. We found kind of the opposite of that, actually, when we played. We kind of came away from that game thinking that it would be a better solo game than as a team game for us. I just it's... love the ability to bounce my ideas off of people. Yeah. Because well, I can understand that. for me, I just get going down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. and then I'm wrong at the end. So if I have somebody else to be like, no, that is a good idea. Well, what about this, Logan? And leads me a little bit off to the other side. I'm so like, if oh. they could find a way that that app kind of integrated the gameplay a little better for everybody, that yes. would be... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen in that game three people like really invested, and then the other people take kind of a back seat. Yeah. And, yeah. and that that's game, kind of hard. It's, it's really easy for that person just to take that back seat and just let them Become go. an observer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. it happens in a lot of games, but that game, it's way easy for them just to insert out. Well, so I think and it, okay. the other way around, we had a very dominant person who kind of decided that with the mystery, they were looking for that. They knew that gun was the yeah, thing. Yeah, sure so that that's where it was going. Every time we went anywhere, we had to ask about the gun. And so I think the backseat person, there's also the dominant person. Everything we did had to incorporate that one idea he was holding on to. Yeah, there's so. definitely issues with uh, alpha gamers. Yeah. And then yes. you have those passive gamers. And it's tough to manage that. And it's tough to argue or uh, balance how you're going to incorporate those people. But a lot of that really ends up with you know, you're as part of that gaming group. If you're gonna, if you're new to that gaming group, chances are you're not gonna be back. So you have to, as as somebody's coming new to the gaming group, you have to kind of find that balance of which games you can play. Which also is another challenge. I mean, we've yeah. we've been gaming together. Ryan, myself, um, have twenty five years now. My site, yeah, we've been together, and so through that experience and through that coming up and meeting games we know that there's games that uh when we're together that you know game ryan's not going to play game dave is not going to play or game i'm not going to play and so you have to try to find that balance and then when you have a large enough group which uh our group we're fortunate that sometimes we'll have a large enough group that we can split into two four player games or even more yeah and so that we can kind of try to scratch that fever that some of the people have for those games but to kind of bounce back to your, uh, you're talking about legacy games. Mm-hmm. There's, there's different kind of modes to those legacy games because you have those legacy games like um, uh, Seafall, jump yeah. into Seafall, where you're developing your character and you have to play that. But we bounce back to Gloomhaven, which, I mean, I think Ryan and I are going to agree is probably as near perfect a game <laughs> that we've really kind of seen. And there's a chance. I mean, you can play. And so we've been playing with uh, Ryan, myself, our friend Everett, and David's older brother, Dennis. Mm -hmm. But Dennis hasn't been able to join us anymore. And so it's a four-player game, but that game easily and quickly integrates that if we bring in somebody else. So if we brought in Logan, Mm -hmm. Logan can begin at that level. We won't. If if, if we did. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and Ryan has a very valid point. But you're merely an example. Oh, no, no, no. It's just a thought. Like, yeah. Yeah. We thought of you when we were playing Gloomhaven, but you're going to be on the other table tonight. (laughs) And part of the grief we give Logan is we were playing Gloomhaven before Logan was kind of... Born? No, not before. (laughs) Just because, I mean, he just wasn't there when we we started that game. Yeah, Yeah, it was just at that stage in my life I wasn't able to commit to that time to play the character. Yeah. Yeah. And so it works out. But Gloomhaven is a great game where it has that dynamic where a new player can come in and as you have to have four players, right? Well, you don't have to have four right. players, but when you have four players, uh, 
doesn't really matter what someone might miss out on some of the story, but which is perfect. They can still just drop in and play. I think that's Dave. He would be mad if he missed any part of the story. I I would. I need to look at the journal. (laughs) Probably more me too. That's (laughs) right. Yeah. like the number of plays was fine for Nathan for people dropping, but if we played without him, <laughs> that would be a whole different conversation. It's my game, right? There you go. <laughs> Not to be selfish, but most of them are Nathan's mind. games, so none of us go there, right? <laughs> he does provide most of, most of the games. So Logan does get, pick his kickstarters. And Logan's picked some good kickstarters. So. Yeah, you guys. We've. I'm surprised because I have a Kickstarter. I don't know if you call it phobia but, mm-hmm. or a resistance to Kickstarter, and I've seen a few that really didn't pan out. And I've yeah. know, heard, but some of the ones that we've had, like Nemesis, has been that top looks notch. Yeah, and then um, City of Kings, which I don't think is a really wide game that a lot of people know about. That's a pretty large, like, it's, epic game, And it right? was it one that box, yeah. they Wait, bought into <laughs> that I'm always, I'm always like, why are you buying into this huge game and you don't, you know, you don't have any confidence that it's going to be one we play a lot. Yeah. But that one I just think is amazing and it doesn't get enough love, I think. That right on. The City of Kings. Um, but there's been a few other ones that Well, going off of great. that, just City of Kings is we were able to find that designer just because Nathan took the risk. We played City of the Kings, thought it was a great game. Then he comes out with another Kickstarter, so we're like, oh, let's take a second look at this one. It was a different idea, Isle of Cats. I haven't been able to play oh, it. I've been working, yeah. too much, working too much to read the rules, but my friend Claudine, she's played it. She says, it's amazing. It's a much larger game than I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be kind of a small game, and the but box is hefty. But still, just <laughs> the idea that... I love cats. Like you'd think it's like some weird old cat lady. Did you but say I love cats? It's or an aisle of like, cats. I know the name but, of the game. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I think I think that's intentional on the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, to I be able to right. just like just go from that from where we had a good experience with City of Kings, and so then he came out with this other Kickstarter. It was easier to pull the trigger on that, just because I had that positive experience. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is mm-hmm. just shot in the dark. As you were saying, the phobia of I don't know whether or not it's going to work out, but then when it works out, you need to go forward with that. I do think it's interesting how much designers have come to the forefront on things now, where you see a game, you find out who who the designer was, who did the artwork on it. And that's really high in like smaller cons like this. Like, you know, Ryan Lockett's here, and that he designed the games, and that he does all the art for them. And I think that's something that board games has started coming into their own with their more modern stuff with because like movies obviously you know who directed the movie who stars in it but board games for a long time it, it, the designer wasn't as high on the profile it was more like Milton Bradley game kind of right. thing yeah and that's that's changed in the last I'd say 15 years because yeah. I mean there's plenty of games that uh, you know, we buy a lot of games from um, Reiner Canizia yes yeah. we knew that name and uh, um, Rosenberg Uwe Rosenberg, yeah, yeah. Uwe, yeah. a lot of Chivato, yeah, a lot of Chivato, yeah. And so for a long time, I, mean, I was, I knew who that designer was. I'm going to go after him, buy his games nice. or her games, and uh, you know, just try to get that content in there. Sometimes and, taking a risk on a new designer is tough. Like, yeah, you come to conventions and you know everyone's trying to pitch you their game or get you to play your prototype their prototype and i don't know i kind of like always want to step back a little bit and say <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i trust like if it, i have trust issues with games because i don't want to play 
a bad game because I only have you know a couple hours to play a game. Right. I want it to be a great experience. So, do you think like uh, coming at it as like a game designer, do you think it's a good idea for that game designer to kind of come at it the way authors are encouraged these days to have? a couple of games in the queue and know that they're going to do two or three games so that when they come to the show, you see that they've done a few games. Does that make you more likely to try one of their games? Um, yeah. I think that you need to to always be moving forward. I, sometimes, um, like even at Salcon, for like three or four years, they kept playing the... You, you'd hear the same game going on. Right. And it wasn't ever widely distributed or you never saw it outside of that Salcon. You got to keep moving forward, and hopefully, you get a game that catches on. But I think every you know every game company you just have to keep moving. Hopefully, you can create an evergreen game that's yeah. going to get picked up by one of them. But until you do, you got to keep designing them. Right on. So and evergreen games are are really quite rare. Yeah, yeah, these days especially. I mean, if you can you know develop coconuts or something for like Mayday, where they're always <laughs> going to be selling copies of coconuts, like right? Wherever they go, they'll sell out of that, just because it's that novel idea and it's good for kids and yeah. Um, but if you just make one game and you try to sell it every year, you're going to have issues. So you yeah. really need to. And as a designer, you should be trying to push yourself and go forward and and not stay on the same game. Nice. Well, I think that's probably a pretty good discussion. Uh, so they can find you guys on Stitcher. Are you Spotify? Yes, Stitcher, Spotify, I, uh, Apple, Apple Podcast, or whatever it is called now. Yeah, most any uh, Apple or podcast catcher that you have out there. Right on. Do you guys have a website as well? Yeah, we do. MeepleNation.com. Excellent. And what about all of you individually? Do you have anything you want to plug? Any projects or anything? So I've written a couple of novels. If you'd like to check those out. Um, they're about uh, YA mad science, where a girl discovers her father's a mad scientist in the town full of mad scientists and goes to the <laughs> high school, and all the kids are being experimented on. Nice. And they have to like band together and like fight back against this uh, this lab. So so that was Ryan. Uh, yeah, what's... Ryan. So Ryan DeCaria, um, you can find me at madsciencefiction.com, yes. and uh, you can check out my books there. Cool. Anybody else? Just... Listen to the podcast. Yeah, just yeah. check us out, right on. Maple Nation. We have we're most active on our Facebook page. Facebook. And it's Maple Nation off air. If you want to, yeah, join you've got a pretty private active group. private group there. A lot yeah. of a lot of discussion, polls. That's a fun group to join if you guys are interested. Yeah, well, that's that's probably where we're most active. But right right on. Everything, everything find we post to Instagram just goes to Facebook as well. So excellent. Right on. Thank you guys for joining us. I appreciate excellent. it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see you at the gaming table. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh well, I can't see that on the podcast. But doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They can feel the point. And that was Meeple Nation, as they mentioned. You can find them online and on their Facebook group. I will also have links to their podcast and Ryan's books in the description over at tabletopsandtentacles.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, as always. If you'd like to find us online, you can go to tabletopsandtentacles.com or you can go right to our Patreon at patreon.com slash deeplydapper. Joining our Patreon not only supports this podcast and everything we do, but it also gets you a subscription to our magazine, Tabletops and Tentacles. Issue 2 is underway right now. We are finishing up some of the graphics and I'm doing the last few articles and I'm hoping to have it done as soon as possible. 
which I've said many times. <laughs> but we're really excited about it. It's a quarantine and pandemic-themed issue. So we've got articles on streaming services and digital comics and all sorts of really fun, unique stuff in there this time. I can't wait to get it out to you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. And we'll be back next week. Ben and I have already recorded next week's episode where we talk about bizarre, strange, kind of sad wrestling gimmicks. We'll talk to you guys later. May you live in interesting times. <laughs>